the things that are yours, the things that are set in motion for you, the things that you dream about, those things are supposed to come into fruition. And as long as you abide by the principles, the science of actually understanding the way that you should use your mind, the things that you should do while you have this dream, then you don't have to worry about somebody else taking your opportunity and just realizing that the things that are for you as long as you have a clear vision of it and you realize that it's your responsibility to do your part you're pretty much guaranteed to get there did you know that the average four-year traditional business makes only about eighty-five thousand dollars a year the entire business but on the reversal is you know that the average one-year-old tech business makes $1.8 million within his first year. Now, that's something you actually could look up, some information I actually put a post on, on social media about letting people be aware of this. Now, the good news is that the guest that we have today is not someone who just broke into tech, has scaled in tech, and has been doing some amazing things, but you're gonna wanna make sure that you stick around to the end to listen to what he's saying, to watch what he's sharing, because he actually has something that will allow all of you to become tech founders, even if you don't work in tech, and even if you have not even been an entrepreneur before. So definitely make sure you watch to the end, stay tuned, because this is going to be a huge blessing to your ears. Now, Ken, bro, I'm so happy for you being on Texas New Black. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, thank you, man. You know, it's a, it's a big pleasure. Yeah. Yo, bro, we got a lot to talk about. The That's people right. The people came here to listen to the conversation. So, bro, let's, let's go ahead and dive into it. So, you design apps, websites, and AI tools, and you also instruct others on how to do the same. But your background in college education is in fashion and design. That actually tripped me out when I saw that on LinkedIn, because I'm thinking... I'm thinking I'm gonna see soft, like, you know, some uh, computer science degree or something. I yeah. see a, a fashion art degree. I'm like, what in the world? So I would definitely wanna know, and I know that people wanna know, like, first off, like, why didn't you go into school for, for computer science instead? And also, how did you make that transition from fashion and design into tech? Well, you know, to start off with, you mentioned, you know, college Mm -hmm. and believe it or not, I only took one computer science class when I was in college. Wait, no. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so so you took a class? Only one. Wait, so so you don't mean just one course. You mean you just did? Only one course. And okay. throughout all of college, okay, okay, um, that was related to software engineering remotely, yeah, and that was the only class that I ever stopped going to. Half Wait, halfway, I went. I stopped going to the class halfway into it, okay, because of how boring it was for me because of the way it was presented. <laughs> so Yo, I love this already. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the realness. Yeah. A software engineer saying, "Yo, I was bored when I when I first started learning about it." That's absolutely right. All right, go ahead, bro. And it it, it goes into one of the largest things, which is the way that software engineering is presented to you. Mm-hmm. It has to be in the right way, and it also has to be in the right order of yeah. different tech stacks, of different angles of it. So, you know, when I was, you know, kind of just uh, introduced to it when I was in college, it seemed completely boring, you know, professor not engaged, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
pretty much just reading off of a, you know, off of a textbook. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't engaged. And one thing about me is I've always been the type of person where I have to feel engaged in order yeah. to be excited about something. Yeah. You know, I, get that. I have to be passionate about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if not, I, you know, I would be somebody that's drawing in the back of the class or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but always somebody that's also reading, you know, mm -hmm. paying attention to the real deal of what's important. Yeah. So when I was in college, you know, part of my work study was uh, working in the in the, you know, the clothing department, you know, for making clothes for, you know, theater mm -hmm. or um, just graphic designing, just doing something where I'm trading my time to create something. Mm -hmm. So um, but yeah, long story short, afterwards, um, I had a apprenticeship as a tailor before I was introduced into software engineering. And the catalyst was because of my my brother. He had an idea for an app that he wanted to develop mm -hmm. from there. He was researching into, you know, how he would be able to get it, get it built. And mm -hmm. then from there, you have a couple of different routes, right? Mm -hmm. Either you give somebody else equity in your app and you help try yeah. to, you know, you try to explain to them what you're trying to build and hope that they, you know, can build it according to your vision mm -hmm. or you try to fundraise and you try to, you know, get enough money to be able to build it. Yeah. Or the last option is you learn how to build it yourself. Yeah. Right. Man. So, you know, from there he began on that journey and then, you know, the family introduced it to myself and I was a little hesitant at first, you know, yeah. because I was, I'm going, man, I tried this before. Yeah. It, it didn't look like it, it was something that was going to be for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, uh, you know, I tried it again in a different way where it was something that was, you know, more creative. So, you know, one of the first tasks that is in um, engineering is your hello world. You know, you just output yeah. hello world with JavaScript and... Um, Long story short, short, as soon as I did that, I just fell in love with it, yeah. you know, because I just I, I remember just thinking that hello world could say anything I want. It could mm -hmm. say hello, Nova. It could say um, it could be any color. It could be, you know, any size. It, yeah. could, it could turn into a button. It could, you know, so from there it became something that's more creative and engaging. Yeah. Wow. Yo, that's so fire. It's so cool to hear that because more often than not, I'm always getting messages from people where they will ask me, they'll say, Hey Cyrus, I want to get in tech, but I don't want to, I don't want to do any coding. Or I don't want to do anything technical. I want to do something that, where I can like express my creativity mm -hmm. and what you just expressed. I mean, you being, you having a deg degree in the arts and you being a fashion designer and at first, when you first were confronted with technology, maybe you felt that same way. We were like, yo, this, exactly. I'm not able to express my creativity in That's this. That's right. But once, you know, you were introduced to it in a different way, you were able to see like, yo, I can really be very creative with this and have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I have a, a close homeboy. And I told you uh, when uh, before we started rolling, uh, before camera started rolling, I was telling you how uh, one of my close homeboys, he's a huge inspiration as to why I got in tech. And... I remember being at his crib and he was kind of showing me just some of the things he was coding and just developing. Y'all know I still don't know how to code right now. Um, I, I definitely am planning on like starting to learn how to code mm -hmm. uh, just because I'm starting to become more fascinated with it. But I remember him explaining it to me in a way I'd never heard anyone explain it to me. Like, mm -hmm. so he, uh, he, he was explaining it to me where he, he said, he was like, yo, I can see God like in my coding. Like mm -hmm. he, he, he was saying how he can see 
like the, the power of creation Absolutely. and the power of design and yeah. the power of he, he said yo it's like magic to me mm-hmm. and I'm like looking at the screen I'm seeing a bunch of ones yeah. and, others, and I'm like <laughs> okay bro but, but it was still the first time I heard someone explain it to me in a way where it sounded like art Absolutely. and it sounded beautiful Yeah, and that was the moment that it clicked for me where I was like you know what it's not that technology is not for creative people is that sometimes, like you mentioned, sometimes creative people have just been presented technology in a way that doesn't resonate with their creative side. Yeah. And so what would you say to the person that's listening to this, that's watching right now, and they're thinking like, you know, they smack and see, they, they like, look, I'm, I'm only watching to the end to hear about this play to figure yeah. out how I can like make some money and start a business in yeah, tech. That's right. But they're listening to this part right here and they're like, yeah, 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 no, this, you know, the, the actual tech side of tech isn't for me because I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. What would you express to them that you think would kind of resonate with them? Well, you know, I would say, first of all, my life and the life of many other people are testimonies that when you when you synergize technical skill with creativity, mm-hmm. as, as especially because in what I do, it's not just about creativity, it's about business understanding. It's about connecting everything to a sense of, it's an art in that the, the interface is a form of art. Mm-hmm. The, the process of the application, the way that it works internally in a way that is the best way possible, that's one form of an art. Mm-hmm. The art of making an offer to somebody else that is a compelling offer that's able to to make them want to buy your product, that's an art as well. It's a skill. There's understanding behind it. So I would really just say that there's plenty of examples and uh, give yourself a chance. One of the largest parts of that is that it is very rare for that to be the case where they're presented software engineering in the right way, whether it had been in high school or in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually, I've been a volunteer with uh, a, a program called Microsoft Teals. Okay. So Microsoft has a program for people that are software engineers that want to pay it forward by mm-hmm. volunteering for a local high school. Oh, that's so fire. So I, yeah. I, I participated in that and- That's so cool. Yeah, I saw that you were uh, you were a teacher. Yeah, um, that's right. And so that was actually something I didn't even have any questions, but I remember seeing that on your LinkedIn. So that, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I did that as another, I was presented that opportunity by a really great consulting company that I worked with, by the way. Yeah. Um, they're called Improving. And that's just another testimony that sometimes you work with organizations and you can learn a lot by you know soaking up the information of what's going on and some Mm -hmm. of them there's perks where you'll be able to have a lot of synergy with different things that you're already interested in yeah and um you know but zeroing in into that experience i had the opportunity to see a lot of the issues that are inside inside of the current curriculum for for high schools and you know long story short there just needs to be in that one in in one class you're able to see a shift of people believing that they can do it now that's so cool um and um they i'm sure they have some form of reports that show that there was a large boost in engagement and excitement because of having somebody that can really answer the questions that has Mm -hmm. really been in the field for a long time so 
you know, we've, we're de we've developed a curriculum where we're also trying to partner with different institutions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be hosting some workshops in local universities. Yeah. Uh, so really just uh, trying to impact the curriculum and mm -hmm. share information uh, in a way that's, you know, as valuable as possible. Yo, man, we, man, love what you're doing so much, bro. Uh, let us know, like, whenever you're partnering with those universities. So, you know, so myself and Texas New Black can, like, post it and, and uh, put people on, let people know. Now, look, if, let me know in the comments if you resonate with what he said, if you feel like what he's saying is, like, truly speaking to you. Uh, as always, you know, make sure y'all are liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. One thing we're actually doing is we're actually doing a giveaway now with Texas New Black. So we're going to actually go through the comments. So for everyone that is, uh, for, for those that are subscribed and also that you leave a comment, we're going to choose a winner. One winner is actually going to get some Tech is a New Black merch. Mm. And another winner is actually going to be able to get a voucher for a tech bootcamp, whether for yourself or friend or family member. So make sure y'all are commenting, y'all are engaged, make sure you're subscribed, all that good stuff. So that way y'all can get some free stuff, get some free drip, you know, get a uh, hopefully a free tech career, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, man. So one thing that everyone that's listening and myself can resonate with is that and I've been noticing this more and more as I'm going to tech events where, you know, I'm going out, I'm meeting all these people, you know, I'm at this tech event, you know, I'll be at tech. I was just at tech giving last week. You know, you might be at Afrotech, you'd be at Thrive, you'd be at Render, all these different tech conferences. And, you know, you're moving around and, you know, you, you, you exchange the numbers. You'll have a quick three, four minute conversation with somebody. You're like, oh my God, let's exchange, exchange numbers. Do the same thing with this person, yeah. you know, and then if the drinks get involved, it gets even worse. Now yeah. you really, <laughs> and then what ends up happening is you save these numbers, you save these names, but at our age, you know, by the time you're 25, 26, you got three, four, five of the same name in your phone. Mm -hmm. And so when people text you, and I've been noticing this, this year has been crazy. People yeah. text me and they're like, yo, what's up? It's, mm -hmm. it's me. And I, I have to ask them like, oh, where did I meet you at? Yeah. And... And then either one, people get offended because they're mm -hmm. like, dang, bro, like I was forgettable. Right. Or two, they get, sometimes they get so offended, they don't even respond. Right. They just be like, bro, you ain't going to sun me like that. Like, you ain't going to play <laughs> me like that. You know, you Hollywood. Like, yeah. oh. And so I'm like, yo, this junk sucks so much. So I will like manually, if I have enough time, try to manually think of something to help me remind me of the person. I'll try to add it. Right. But even half the time that still fails or half the time I forget to do it. But you've actually developed some technology that fixes this problem. Bro, can you please put the people on? Because when I saw this, <laughs> yeah. I was like, thank God, because yeah. I need this. Yeah. Bro, please, please put the people on. Well, as, as you're highlighting, for a long time, there has been a number of different issues with being able to stay in connection with the people that you meet first of all yeah. just remembering the names of people and a lot of times as you're as you're you know the some of the stories that you said um bring up people think that it's a personal thing yeah they, yeah people people think that you that you it was something where you, you don't remember them mm -hmm. and um even if it's not the next day but you know a lot of times people are afraid to ask somebody hey what's your name again the, yeah. the reason why is because there is that f feeling that that person might feel like they're insignificant yeah exactly um but you know in reality the reason why people aren't good with memory is because actually memory is a skill um, mm -hmm. There is a, literally a science to uh, called mnemonics uh, yeah. that people use for remembering names, yeah. right? There's a number of different strategies that people use for 
remembering names, such mm -hmm. as like, let's say, for example, uh, you know, you're introducing yourself and you go, you know, my name's Cyrus. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody might go like, what is another who's another famous person named Cyrus? I'm the most famous. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no, right. probably the probably the most famous aside from Cyrus uh, the Great in history, the yeah, Bill exactly, Persia. Right? Yeah, uh, there's a dancer who won. What was that dance show? So you think you can dance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his name was Cyrus, and I actually knew him personally. Oh, did you? Yeah, I knew him back when I used to dance years ago, so it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'm the more famous Cyrus now. now I don't know. Now Cyrus, you, you might be more famous than me. I don't know. We're going we to see. We're going to see. But, yeah. but essentially, like you were saying, right, even if you were to tell somebody that story or mm -hmm. even the different reference points like King Cyrus or whatever, yeah. they would be able to use that reference point as a spring to be able to remember your name. Yeah, true. Um, so there's a number of different strategies. But kind of zooming in into uh, Wazzle AI, uh, we built an artificial intelligence powered contact book that's created to help people remember the name of everybody that they meet that's and fire. also help people manage their relationships. Yeah. How does it um, do that? Yeah. So the, the first element of it is, of course, um, memory, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to remember names, rem being able to remember the people you've met. Mm -hmm. So. The, the regular phone contact book only shows you the people you've met in alphabetical order, right? Yeah, true. All yeah. it does is show you alphabetical order. So it's actually already relying on the fact that you remember the person's name. That's... Yeah. <laughs> so, but in reality, people remember different things. They remember... Mm -hmm the location of where that where you met the person mm -hmm. you might go i met that person at uh what's it called uh text giving you know yeah. or i met that person at uh you know that starbucks or whatever mm -hmm. so what it's the one of the uh you know unique things that it does is it, it saves the location of where you met the person oh my god that alone is fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, cause, cause then you automatically, like I mentioned, like now you automatically are like, okay, I met you at this place. Oh yeah. Okay. But my bad. Keep, keep going. Cause I know it's more to that, it. That's that. one of, that's, cool. that's one yeah. of, um, uh, we have, we have a lot of what we call USPs. These yeah. are things that we highlight in tech founder pro, what your, your app idea, your business needs to have. Mm -hmm. You have to have unique selling points, things that you don't find in other applications. Yeah. So uh, another one that it does is uh, the first screen that you see is the most recently added people. Okay. So oh, that's going to help you so that, you know, the next morning when you're going, who are all the people I just met? Yeah. You have the easiest interface of just going, you know, you can, a lot of times you can remember based off of the different names, you might be able to zoom in into actually yeah. remembering the, the name. Uh, we have another thing called the relationship incubator. Yeah. So our relationship incubator, as the name kind of describes, is a place where you can see all the people that you've connected with that you might have not necessarily reached out to yet. Okay. So, so if you're trying to re, if you're trying to, the goal is that people move from being in the relationship incubator into adding them to a specific group. Yeah. Uh, so whether that be acquaintances or friends or homies or homegirls or whatever it may be, you're adding them from just being another phone number in your contact mm -hmm. book to actually being part of a, a specific group. Yeah. Um, you know. Man, um, and th th that's some of the features we have. We have some other ones. That's it's profile based. Cool. And, Look, y'all yeah. head to the website, so that way y'all learn the other features. Wazzle AI. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so Wazzle AI, y'all make sure y'all check it out. Check the show notes. We're gonna make sure we have all the information uh, for for Wazzle AI. Uh, make sure y'all check the information down there. We're gonna have everything in there for y'all to reach out to. Yo, that's so fire for 
I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm sure y'all have thought about these pieces already, but now you got kind of like my business mind, the wheels just turning and stuff. Like, I'm even thinking, I mean, one for it, I'm a net, networking component, because I'm mm-hmm. going to be very real with you. Usually when I've started doing it, I'll meet someone, I'll ask them what their uh, what their, their Instagram is, mm-hmm. and then I'll find a picture on Instagram, screenshot it, then go to save their name, then yeah. add a photo. But that process takes so long when you're, you know, you're networking, you're talking to people. Yeah. So I always just end up forgetting who, who the people are. Oh, that, so, was, that was actually one more thing that I, I, I would love to highlight. Um, there's a there's literally so many different ways that you can connect with people, whether it be Instagram or mm-hmm. um, all of the different social media, email, phone number. Um, even now, I mean, you have physical business cards, you have yeah. digital business cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, so there's so many different ways with Wazzle. Um, it allows people to just decide how they want to connect with you. Oh, that's so fire. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, sometimes somebody be like, I don't want you to have my number. Like, yeah, absolutely. Just <laughs> yeah. let them, you know, they enter their name and then from there they get to decide how how they want to connect with oh, you so and then cool. from there they can add their instagram in the app and then they could launch you could actually launch it you know from the app and all that yeah. stuff i wonder because i think about even businesses and sales teams like whenever mm-hmm. i like i've had my my only time ever being in vegas was when uh, my first tech company shouts out to Dialpad. they flew me out to vegas for a tech lawyer event it was a bunch of lawyers learning about technology and seeing what technology they want to implement within their firms. And I was being there to kind of like talk about our our technology with my company. And I'm thinking about like how all the networking that goes on at these events. And I'm thinking like, yo, even as a, whenever you're at the after parties at those events, that's usually where the best networking happens. Mm -hmm. People are drinking, people are kind of like mixing, mingling, having fun. But I'm like, yo, that's actually the hardest time to remember whose number you took down. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, why is I'm like, yo, this will be a fire B2B thing. Like we're businesses. I'm yeah, sure y'all right. are thinking about these things. I'm that's just right. thinking like, that's very right. oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love what y'all are doing. If you're interested in breaking into a six-figure career in tech or scaling to over half a million dollars in tech, then this video is for you. If not, then just swipe away. But I was able to break into the tech industry October 2021, and in my first year, I scaled to over half a million dollars in tech. My second year, I was able to gross over a million dollars. More importantly, I was able to freely help over 600 people break into six-figure tech careers as well and scale further in the industry. Now, the number one question I've been getting from people is how was I able to do this? How was I able to make so much money? How was I able to also help as many people as I've been able to help? Well, aside from doing coaching calls and trying to spend a whole bunch of time helping people individually, I've decided to create the Tech Rich Program, where I literally break every single thing down that I've done and what I've been doing to show others how they can break into tech faster or scale to over half a million dollars plus within their first few years in the tech industry as well. All you gotta do, click the link in my bio. All the information's there. Check out the description. Message me if you have any other questions, and I'll see you on your journey scaling in tech. What I'm curious about is, because you, you still are a senior in tech, so you're working senior level in tech, crushing it in that, you have Wazzle, AI, and something else, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. How are you able to manage like thriving in your tech career as well as being a bit of a dual tech founder yeah absolutely because i know people it's a lot of people that are in tech now a lot of people that want to be in tech and they're thinking okay i want to work in tech but i also want to do this thing and i want to run this business like how are you able 
to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the best way I can describe it is the reason why I'm able to do the things that I do is because of what I don't do. Okay. So, that's, you got to explain that to me. So, that's, that's like a bar. <laughs> so so uh, I haven't had a TV in my place for a long time. Oh, man. I, I, I live a life of, my, I like to spend my time meaningfully. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people know that I'm either working in a way or, and, and my work is stuff that I'm passionate about, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Moving the, moving the, moving the chains forward, you know, for, for Wazzle AI, which I've been building for five years now. Yeah. We've been, you know, it's a, it's a process for, mm -hmm. for that. But now with um, AI and, and a lot of the things that we teach in, you know, Tech Founder Pro, you could yeah. greatly accelerate that process. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I don't really like to waste my time too much. Yeah. And I like, so I, I really, you know, do things that are meaningful for me. I know that I, 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 I the time that I spend is very valuable. Yeah, um, that's good. Uh, I, I lived in Nigeria for, you know, in the middle of my life, mm -hmm. um, you know, from, from seventh grade to ninth grade. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, that experience of living in another country, in, a, mm -hmm. in another country, and then you coming back into America where there's so much opportunity, mm -hmm. there is so much um, information out there and opportunity mm -hmm. for people. And I feel like my time is best spent where I'm doing the best I can for myself, for mm -hmm. my community around yeah. me and trying to empower um, people that are around me. And then also, you know, my goal is to be able to help people back home in Africa as yeah. well. Yeah. Yo, bro, that's so fire, man. That's so incredible. Like I, I resonate with that so very much. And one of the things, uh, one of the things I'm kind of thinking of is, so I know you're like that. And I resonate with that to a degree. Uh, I, the place I stay in now is the first time. No, well, I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a TV in my bedroom. I have, I've never had a TV in my bedroom. Mm. The, the place that I stay in now, I want to make sure I'm not lying. Yeah. The place I stay in now is the first time I've ever had a TV in my living room that was actually plugged in. Yeah. I, it, what's funny is that I would have TVs in my living room. It, they wouldn't be plugged in, but the only reason mm -hmm. I had them there is because people would come over. Exactly. And they'd be like, you don't have a TV in your living room. <laughs> so it was like aesthetically, I was like, I yeah. need a TV sitting here, but it would never be plugged in. I would never have Wi-Fi, or not, not Wi-Fi, I would never have anything to use it. The, the TV that I have now, I, I use it uh, every now and again, mm -hmm. use it sparingly, yeah. but definitely resonate with the notion of like a passion about what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere I go, I, I, it could be two, three in the morning. I could be out somewhere talking to people about podcasting, talking to people about the tech industry, all those things. Yeah. Uh, but I know that most people might not be like us, not yet, at least. Why did um, you Why did you decide not to have a or not to use the television, the TV, so much? Uh, it was because I get easily distracted, mm -hmm. and and I know how addictive it is. Yeah. S social media is the exact same way. My mm -hmm. justification is that I you know, put a lot of content on social media. That's right. But even every now and again, I catch myself just kind of doom scrolling mm -hmm. and, or, or getting caught up in the comments of some post. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, Cyrus, this is not making you money. Mm -hmm. Cyrus, this is wasting your time. Yeah. Cyrus, like you commenting this thing, somebody could see it that potentially could be a business opportunity in the future. They could disagree and it could just mess up a business opportunity. Mm. So it's like things like that where I, I start thinking, but that's my reasoning for why I didn't care for the, for the TV. Yeah. But what... 
like I'm curious, like, because with your mindset, I know you had that experience in Nigeria where you were there for a couple years and and uh, came here and it kind of like, you know, woke you back up in ways where you're like, man, there's so much going on here. Like, I'm curious, like, what books, like, are there any books you're reading, any mm-hmm. resources that you're looking at? Because it's one thing for you to have your mindset, but it's like, how do you sustain it? Like, what are you putting into yourself that's like kind of keeping that drive and discipline there? Well, I, I read constantly, you know, mm-hmm. and some people might think that that's like a little bit unnatural for them just because we live in this society where life moves so fast, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I think that just starting off small, just making it something that's casual for yourself yeah. uh, is literally just like a muscle, you know, yeah. the more that you do it, um, you know, it becomes something that you, you really enjoy. And, that's rude. um, and then from there it, it actually starts to engage with, with your thought process, the mm-hmm. way that you actually do things. And when you start realizing that you're making progress, that you're, you're progressing, then it becomes something that's worthwhile and mm-hmm. like exciting for you. Right. Um, but yeah, one of the books that uh, that I love right now is it's called The Science of Getting Rich. You know, okay. and and who yeah. wouldn't want to get rich the right now? The Science of Getting Rich. <laughs> the Science of Getting Rich, and um, you know, one of the things that it really highlights it highlights a lot of really really valuable principles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the ones that really comes to mind is just the 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 difference between having a competitive mindset and mm-hmm. a creative mindset. Okay. So, um, you know, essentially understanding that the things that are yours, the things Mm -hmm. that are are set in motion for you, the things that you dream about, those things are supposed to come into fruition. Mm -hmm. And if as long as you abide by the the principles, the science Mm -hmm. of actually understanding the way that you should use your mind, the things that you should do while you have this dream, Um, then you don't have to worry about somebody else taking your opportunity. And, you know, right now, of course, we live in this competitive, you know, job market and all of this Mm -hmm. type of stuff. But just realizing that the things that are for you, as long as you have a clear vision of it Mm -hmm. and you realize that it's your responsibility to do your part um, you know, do all of the different things that comprise of it being of your part, mm-hmm. um, both both the external work, but also the internal work. Right. Yeah. So you're prepared for that opportunity. Um, you know, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to get there. And then the, the second one is really the importance of gratitude. Okay. Um, you know, just highlighting that gratitude allows you to have, uh, you know, real, real connection with opportunities. Yeah. You know, the more grateful you are. I believe that you're you're gonna be able to see your life improve. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, those are some of the Man. some of the things that it, it highlights. Yo, what's good, family? If you're tuning into this and you're wondering, yo, how do I get a job like that in tech? We've got good news for you because we've just partnered with a tech boot camp called General Assembly that'll help you get a job like this or a variety of others, no matter where you live at in the world. We're talking product management, UX UI design, programming or development data science, data analytics, and a variety of others. Use the link in our description, and not only will you be able to do your first class for free, but for those who decide to sign up with the program, you'll get a $200 discount off. Make sure that you let us know which course you chose and keep us posted on your journey in tech. You know, when I was Lyft driving, like when I, 
I transitioned straight from Live Driving to working in tech. Yeah. And when I was Live Driving, that was one of the greatest blessings that ever could have happened to my life was because I wasn't reading books at the time. But when I started Live Driving and I knew, okay, I want to work in the tech industry, I was like, man, but I don't care about this tech stuff. I knew that I was I knew that I was lazy. I knew that I was not a very like hard worker. I knew that I didn't care about business. I didn't care about what was happening in the world. But I realized at that point in my life, yo, I need to change my mindset. I have to change who I am. I have to change my mindset to change who I am and change my, my circumstances in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I started listening to books on Audible. Yeah. And when I tell you nothing transformed me more than mm-hmm. that season of my life, it was yeah. before I even got in tech. Yeah. But it was, that's one of the reasons why people ask me like, man, Cyrus, how did you get in tech? And you just took off like a rocket ship. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it was because of all those books. Interesting. Like, cause it was like a, a inky, like I was yes. like an incubator yeah. in that car. Yeah. I was lift driving overnight. Right. Listening to books, picking people up. And then, you know, you pick people up in the hood. They're like, bro, why aren't you playing some little baby? Yeah. Why aren't you playing this? Well, yeah. what, what you listening to? Oh, this is um, the everything store. It's a story about how Jeff Bezos built Amazon mm-hmm. and from the ground up. Yeah. Oh, this is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, this is the the Millionaire Next Door. You know, or this is the Richest Man in Babylon. This is this. Yeah. All those books I'm listening to. Yeah, people that's right. be like, man. But whenever I picked up people that were wealthy, and it, it was 100 percent of the time, mm-hmm. whenever it's people in the hood, they always complain. Whenever it's people where I pick them up and I'm like, whoa, this house is huge. They got in a car, and they would be like. You know about this? They were like, oh, is this? They would qu- they would say the book. They yeah. knew what book it was. They were listening to it. That's right. They would just hear it. They would hear a couple of sentences, but are you listening to such and such? <laughs> oh my gosh. They're like, have you made it to this chapter yet? Yeah. Oh, wait till you, mm, you're going to learn this and this. They would get so excited. They would want to talk to me. They would suggest mm. other books. Yeah. And then they would, I mean, I've had rich people tell me, this is how I knew I was going in the right direction. Mm. They will put their hand on my shoulder as they were getting out of the car and they would tell me, continue doing this. You're going to be very successful if you keep doing this. And they were not wrong. They were not wrong at all. I mean, let me know what y'all think. Let me know what y'all think about it. But Look, what he's saying are, are facts, straight facts. Um, let us know in the comments, what books are y'all reading? What books have you read so far that have really impacted you the most? You know, share it. Also, read through the comments. You know, break down a little bit about the book so that way people can be inspired and learn. All of us share with, uh, with one another. Uh, well, thank you so much for that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the ones that I read on the way over here, um, it was one that is, it's actually written by a friend of mine. Uh, his mm-hmm. name is uh, Peter Lee. Yeah. Uh, he wrote one called Taking the First Step. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, helping people with interview preparation. Yeah. And uh, he just gives a lot of game. He's been in corporate for such a long time. Incredible guy. Yeah. And uh, he just gives all his ge- uh, he gives a whole bunch of, of really valuable insights into what That's you want to do in an interview. Yeah. Um, just understanding, you know, different characteristics that you want to you know, present or being able to know what skills you're bringing to the table mm-hmm. and how you can highlight those things when you're in an interview. Yeah. Um, because we all have experience. We all have, you know, it's just about knowing how to communicate the experience that you do have in the best way possible. So um, right now, one of the things that, that, uh, that black people have been championing for the past several years have been saying like, oh man, you know, all these black women are becoming entrepreneurs. Like black women are the, have been the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs for uh, close to about a decade now. And then Latino women are right behind them and, and black men and Latino men are right behind them. So it's like, man, we're the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in the world. And we yeah. were so happy about it. Yeah. But if we actually look at the numbers, 
we are still getting further behind when it comes to debt. And yeah. compared to our counterparts, compared to the you know Indian community, mm-hmm. white community, and Asian community. And I've been noticing this. And, and I'm still seeing, I literally I saw a post this morning uh, from, uh, I saw a post this morning, I'm not going to say who the person is. Um, he's, he's a person I have a lot of respect for. But even this morning he posted it where he said, man, you know, you know, because he posted the statistic. And I was like, man, but this other thing, like we're still falling off. And one of the reasons why is because the businesses that most black people are starting are, you know, they're tradi- more traditional businesses. Yeah. Versus our counterparts, they're starting tech companies, even small tech companies. Like it could be a, a, a startup with just five people that could have a valuation of $100 million. And we're getting lapped. Like we're getting lapped. And also when starting a business, especially the more traditional types of businesses, those typically require taking on more debt with starting those types of businesses. Exactly. And so this has been something that's been breaking my heart seeing this. And so I've been trying to encourage, I've been posting recently telling more people that are either in tech or people that aren't even in tech, like, hey, look, you should start a tech business, start a tech-based business. But people would say back in my comments, like, how do I do that? And I'm like, dang, you know what? I actually don't have the resources to help you do it. Like, I'm, I'm telling people, like, yo, y'all, we start more tech business. Yeah. People are like, how do I do that? Yeah. But, bro, one of the things that had me so excited and why I was like, man, we have to have you on Tech as a New Black is the fact that you actually have a solution for this. Like, you've been building something. I'm not building something out. You've already implemented it. Yeah, very already been so. incredibly valuable very for many so. people. Yeah. Bro, so please break down to the people what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, one of the co-founders of of Tech Founder Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a essentially a coding bootcamp, but we really have a business um, a business focus, mm-hmm. and uh, it's an accelerator. It's an accelerator for teaching you all of the tech skills that you need to have in order for you to be able to create a business. Yeah. So you know, as we talked about some of the core issues, addressing looking at the issues from what's what's going on in colleges looking at what's in the issue for what's going on at high schools even looking at some of the issues that's going on from other coding boot camps mm-hmm. um you know i i have a lot of experience as a technical instructor so mm-hmm. um even for one of the largest for one of the largest uh, tech consulting companies in the world mm-hmm. they noticed that aside from my technical being able to code that i have good communication skill yeah so i got I got promoted to being able to host workshops where as a, you know, as a sub- subject matter expert, mm-hmm. I would be, you know, flown to different countries to host workshops and kind of like TED Talk type of things where mm-hmm. I would teach programming, um, you know, uh, skills. And then from there afterwards, I got another promotion to pretty much be one of the lead instructors for uh, their what they call an ILP program, initial okay. initial learners program. Okay, cool. So you know, uh, pretty much for for the new hires for this very large consulting company, I would be responsible mm-hmm. for teaching full stack um, development. Man, that's so cool. And um, you know, being able to see their their careers, you know, uh, flourish. Mm-hmm. But there were still issues within a lot of the different systems, and I knew that it could be done better. Okay. So, you know, what we decided to do at a certain point, um, I, I was also one of the, 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 the things that lit the flame for me was uh, that interview by, by Dame Dash uh, back in 2020. Oh, yeah. The one with the Breakfast Club where mm-hmm. he's like, what are we doing right now? You yeah. know, you have a lot of skill. 
um, take the information that you have and be, you know, be able to empower yourself. And uh, we've been able to do that in a large way, um, yeah. having credible stories. One of the trainees um, that graduated from Tech Founder Pro, uh, he went from working at a restaurant um, as a server to now he's working with a robotics company. Whoa. And that all happened within, you know, a four month span in his life. Whoa. That's crazy. And the, the reality is that um, we were actually we were one of the first coding boot camps to integrate the use of artificial intelligence, because as soon as so I saw fire. it, I was like, wait, this really changes the way that we can program moving forward. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, I ha I've been in the field for long enough now. I've been programming for almost about 10 years where I, I could say, you know, back in my days, <laughs> we, used to, we used to do things a little differently because, yeah. you know, when, when we were learning how to program, um, you know, all of up until, you know, two or three years ago when, uh, you know, ChatGPT and such came out, you would have to you would have to look for solution on Google, right? Yeah. If you were having an issue, you would have to look on Google. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard programmers were like Google's uh, Tab after tab after tab after tab of looking for, ah. for, for the answers for what you're doing. Either that or if you were you know, sick of it, you would, you would use this one website uh, called Stack Overflow for being able okay. to post your question and have the, you know, the entire coding community, which is incredibly supportive. Yeah. People from all over the world would come out and take out the time to answer your question. Um, but now with artificial intelligence, you can literally feed your question to it and it's going to let you know what's happening so mm -hmm. that that feedback loop is way shorter. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, we have tools such as like GitHub Copilot. Okay. Um, yeah. It's a new tool that they just added where you're able to, uh, you know, pretty much communicate your intention for what you want to add to whatever mm -hmm. you're building. And, you know, the, the AI will actually add the code according to what you're what you're um, you're trying to accomplish that's so crazy so you know long story short the uh, we created a very concise curriculum uh, for everything that you need to learn um, not just the technical skills but mm -hmm. also the business skills that you need to have um, in order for you to be able to be a tech founder and um, you know as on top of that in terms of the philosophy of keeping you engaged as you're learning the, the different technical skills, you're actually building your product at the same time. So, That's you know, good. say you have an idea for you want to build a game. Well, the first step is you're going to want to have a website where you can, you know, let people know about yeah. the game. Mm -hmm. So while you're learning web design, you know, part of the homework is that you're making the you're making the website for yeah. that actual game, you know. So that feedback loop of your passion creating components of your passion is part that's missing so much in in you know curriculum yeah that's um, true so man there's a number of different innovative it. things that we added into you know tech founder pro bro i love what you're doing so much with tech founder pro uh, just with the, the the notion that someone who has no technical background but maybe they have an idea for a business or some technology like you were mentioning this earlier where you had talked about how usually what someone would have to do that has an idea, they have to find, you know, a uh, an engineer, mm -hmm. you know, whether to make an app, build out the website, whatever it is that they need, and then yeah, usually they have to give up equity within the business, which yeah, right. I'm I'm very pro giving up equity. It's yeah, like, sure, that's fine. Nevertheless, you know, 
it's like it's much more valuable. I, I've seen founders that actually can develop their own technology and how because of that, they it allows them to not have to give up the equity because essentially whenever they're hiring a CTO or hiring someone to do things with technology, it's like, well, it's not that I can't do it. It's just now it's a time thing. So yeah. so now like I just I'm just kind of offsetting this time for you to do this role. Yeah. And it basically it, it keeps them from being able to demand as much. Cause sometimes I've seen <laughs> yeah. developers, even it could be a developer living in a in a third world country, <laughs> but they're like, they're like being like, oh, well, if, if you don't give me, pay me this much or give me equity, then yeah. I won't do X, Y, and Z. I won't finish this thing. Man. And then the founders are like chained Man, because absolutely. of that. So I love so much of what Tech Founder Pro is providing for people. Mm-hmm. And then the beauty of it is that it's a skill set because someone just learning how to become a CEO, that's not really it's a skill set, but it's not a direct transferable skill set. It's not something where you can go on LinkedIn and just, there aren't a lot of open CEO <laughs> roles on LinkedIn, but there yeah. are a lot of open software engineering roles yeah, on LinkedIn. And so it's, yeah, it gives right. that dual, that, that training where, hey, it helps someone be able to start their own technology business, mm-hmm. but also the skill sets allows them to have a high paying career in tech as That's well. Correct. That's correct. And another piece, correct. I want to say this because I want to make sure that y'all didn't miss, uh, y'all didn't miss what Ken said earlier. You talked about when your company was basically having, you know, you were getting flued out and you were speaking and mm-hmm. doing all of these things, how you were learning, like you were learning on the job. Yeah. You were learning. Yeah. The, the pros, you were learning the things that the company was doing right, but also the things they were doing wrong. So you were able to assess how when you build out Tech Founder Pro, mm-hmm. how to, to create something similar, but much more efficient and mm-hmm. better for people. And so the reason why I highlight that for y'all is to make sure that when you're at these tech companies, that you're not just collecting the six figure bag and, and flossing and flexing on social media, how y'all be seeing me do, but that on top of that, you're actually learning the business. So that way you're looking at, okay, okay, they do this. Why do they do this? Okay, all right, all right. I see how they, they manage this over here. So that way, once you start building out your business or if you already have a business, you can start implementing those things. Low key, like you're getting paid six figures to learn how to run your own business. Absolutely, absolutely. As software engineers, you're paid to, you know, you're, you're paid to learn so much. Yeah. You know, um, one of the quotes that, that's actually in that book that I mentioned is by a, a man named Zig Ziglar. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. He, yeah. He said pretty much, like the long story short, he said, if you don't want to learn, there is no way that you can be helped. But if you Mm -hmm. do want to learn, there is nothing that can stop you. That's so good. And, uh, you know, that's the reality about, you know, being in the software engineering space. If you are willing to take on the responsibility uh, for any everything technical, um, if you're willing to take on the responsibility of just learning what you need to learn and it's never been easier, um, it, it pays so much long term. One of my, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, somebody is going to be a client for, for one of the agencies that I run with run as well. Mm-hmm. She she actually she's been trying to build an app for a long time and she spent like four tens of thousands on trying to build it. And yeah. she's she's kind of like nowhere she was because she was working with the wrong people. Oh, man. Um, but if you have the technical skills, then you're able to audit. Even if you are paying somebody else to build, you're able to audit the process. You know what it takes in mm-hmm. order to, you know, in order to manifest what you're what's being built. Yeah. And there's really only one way in order for that to be so. 
mm-hmm. which is if you have the technical understanding. Yeah, that's Otherwise, true. you have to rely on the fact that somebody else is doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just the, one of the reasons why it's so, so valuable. Um, I, I come across people that have incredible ideas all the time. Um, but um, I know that as we pump more people into this space of having the skills that they need mm-hmm. in order for them to be able to build the products that they want to build for themselves, but also have the power to, if somebody else comes to them and says, hey, I got this idea, well, now you can help them build their idea as well. There's yeah, multiple there's, different... Oh, man. Multiple, so multiple many revenue different streams. Revenue, stu- oh revenue gosh, streams. That's true. We highlight all of that in the program, the different revenue streams. Um, so... Um, yeah, that's the reason why yeah, I'm well, really somebody excited. Somebody wants to freelance or they want to work at a tech company. That's that my homeboy, like I mentioned earlier, what he was doing when I met him was that he was doing contract work with a variety of different companies. Mm-hmm. And so he would have a $60,000 contract with a three month sprint over here, mm-hmm. another 80,000 over here, you know, 20,000 one month sprint over here. Yeah. He was just collecting them like Pokemon, that's like right. Pokemon cards. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, just collecting a crazy <laughs> bag. 